Father, we thank you this evening that you called us to a place called paradise, beautiful place where everything is provided, your spirit, your love, the hope that you give. Father, come and give us your son and your spirit so that they may open our hearts to listen and to give glory to your name for your grace, especially this season. And now as we round up this Advent season midweek service, Lord, let it be a double joy for us as you give a double portion to those who love you and to those who walk in hope. Be with us this evening and bless us. In Jesus' name. Amen. The title for today is The Gift of Paradise. Last week, Pastor Sutton he taught us about the gift of provision. And today we will see what this gift of paradise is. I know that many of us, or at least I can imagine many of us, have something, a hint, what this paradise might be. In many commercials, uh, tourism and so on, you know, we know a paradise island a good place with beautiful garden and fruits and trees, flowers. We call it, what a paradise is this? According to the Bible dictionary, this paradise, which is in the book of Genesis, is simply a space enclosed, a park, a garden, or a pleasure ground. In the book of Nehemiah, when God ordered Nehemiah and Ezra to lead the people of God out of captivity and go to Jerusalem, among the people there was a hope that God will give them the lost nation, the political nation. But this time, God told Ezra and Nehemiah and the people, if I'm going to send you back to the land of your fathers, it will be no more the kingdom of David. But it will be a nation that worships me. So when I send you back from here, all you have to do is just to build up, to raise the destroyed temple and make it a place of worship. You will worship me. You will be a worshiping nation. With this deal, 
Nehemiah asked King Ahasuerus, Will you give me a paper that I may submit to your general by the name Asap, so that he can me, let me cut some of the strong wood, the wild wood, strong wood, in that place called Paradise, and take it with me so that I can build the house of God. The beams, the altar, then King Ahasuerus gave him this permit so that Nehemiah and his friend Ezra can build the temple. And from that, a worshiping nation may be established in Jerusalem. Later, this name, which is a Parisian, parad paradise is a term from the Parisian language, which is present Iran. Again, when the temple was established, this paradise became the name of God's garden. The place of the creator of mankind. In the New Testament, this term is mentioned three times in the gospel that we read this evening, Second Corinthians and the book of Revelation. Tonight, we heard the story of the man who was crucified on the right side of Jesus, the robber. the murderer. He said, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Do you feel any kind of contradiction? The robber asked, remember me in your kingdom. When you come back to power, remember me. Remember me. But Jesus went beyond that. He said, tonight you will be in paradise with me. This is the paradise, the kingdom, that will be established in the near future. Not that the robber didn't say, remember me when you go to paradise, but remember me in your kingdom. So the request of the robber is not about a place, but about a divine office. An institution that gives service of forgiveness and freedom from condemnation. In the book of Genesis, what we read is, our parents were driven out from the glory of God, from paradise. From then, paradise was shut. It was not easy. 
for man to stay there, close to the glory of God. But here, Jesus is not talking about the kingdom that this robber, murderer, is asking. But he tells him, paradise will be open. You will come to the glory. You will come to my glory. Paradise will be open for you. This is about his salvation. This paradise that Jesus mentioned is a kingdom also. A kingdom of service that he brought with him. Tonight, I would like to invite you to be patiently listen on why this paradise is the kingdom of Jesus. Let's look both at the Old Testament and New Testament. God said, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. When he took Israel out of Egypt. In First Chronicles, King David prayed, Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Again, Psalm 45. The psalmist says, Your throne, O Lord, will last forever and ever. Justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. Even Daniel in chapter 4 said, His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. In Matthew chapter 3, 2, when John inaugurated his proclamation about the coming Messiah, or the Son of God, or the Lamb of God, he said, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Matthew, also in his chapter, chapter 5, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not about paradise. Mark also, Jesus said, if your eye causes to sin, take it out. Take it out. Pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell. It's about salvation. Free from eternal condemnation. In Luke chapter 10 also, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. When Jesus sent the disciples two by two, the 72 by two, he ordered them, go and tell them that the kingdom of God is in the midst of them. Heaven is in the midst of them. Paradise is in the midst of them. Go and tell them. In chapter 12, Seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you, little flock. Don't be anxiety. Don't worry on what you eat, on what you dress. Don't worry. Just seek the kingdom of God. Seek heaven. And when Jesus was brought before Pilate, Pilate asked him in private. He called him inside and said, are you the king? And what did Jesus say? From where is this question? Is this your question? 
Is this question from you or somebody told you about this? Then he said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Roman. Emissar. I'm not a Jew. But the Jews, your brothers and sisters, are accusing you. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not from this earth. In the book of Revelation, the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven which say the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and who reign forever and ever and ever. See, the nature of the paradise which we received is about worship, salvation, witness, forgiveness, coming close to the glory of God, being accepted of God by God through his Son. That's what this heaven is. Friends, now let's see what this gift of paradise is all about. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by his blood and had made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father to him be glory and power forever and ever. This paradise is about doxology, praising God who sent heaven to be in the midst of us. What long ago has been said by the prophet Isaiah, as we read in chapter 25 here, was about the gift of this paradise, a fulfillment of the divine service in Jesus Christ, and also the church of Jesus Christ. God will swallow up death forever. What is this death? Our sin, my sin, your sin, the sin of the world. God swallowed it. On the mountain, the walled city of Jerusalem, which killed the Savior, the Lord will make a feast of rich food. What is this food? A feast of aged wine, a rich food full of marrow of aged wine, well refined. Well refined, he says. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. We were curtailed. This sin and the devil and the power on this earth has separated us. Paradise was closed, but now it is open. And the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And during that day it will be said, Behold, this is our God, 
we have waited for him that he might save us. We know this on Palm Sunday. Hosanna. They said, Hosanna. Waited. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Friends, we, the members of St. Luke Lutheran Church, because of the faith and hope in Jesus, we are in paradise. Don't think that paradise is in the Caribbean islands or the Red Sea where I came from. Paradise is here. We are in paradise. That's what Jesus said to that robber and killer. He is telling you and me also. You are in paradise. Heaven, paradise is in the midst of us. And it is right and salutary that we, who are called and baptized in the name of Jesus, to claim this. And we who trust on what he promised and the way he daily speaks to us through the word and the sacraments, that's the feast. The feast of his body and blood. For the forgiveness of my sin and your sins. And all who participate, partake in that paradise in faith. That's paradise kingdom of God. And what does God want from us tonight and during this Christmas season? I know we are busy doing many shoppings, preparing ourselves to receive members of our families, children from here, and uh, there will be a lot of movement, right? We should not be limited to that. It is good to be prepared and to come together on Christmas Day and Christmas season. But that is not what paradise is. That is not the joy. That's not the joy. The double joy that God promised. You know, in Isaiah, God said, your punishment will be double. But here, Jesus is telling us, your joy will be double. He has given us all the provision. He has given us everything. He has given us home. He has given us children, friends, food, gifts. But the double joy, the double gift, is this paradise that he has given us in his son. The blessed inheritance in Jesus, who is our heaven, our paradise. Who brought the kingdom of God that does not pass away. Finally, I would like to quote what the prophet Zechariah said in chapter 9, verse 12. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore you double. I will restore you double. Return your, to your stronghold or prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. 
can we interpret what, what is to be a prisoner of hope? You, someone can be, can be a prisoner of loving someone, right? A boy can love a girl, or a girl can love a boy, and they can be prisoners, right? But to be a prisoner of hope, I think it's the work of the Holy Spirit when these two beautiful girls were singing about hope, right? We have heard them singing about hope. Our hope is at hand. We are in paradise, celebrating it. This afternoon, this morning, uh, Amy asked me, Pastor Johannes, do you have any, any, any PowerPoint? She said. Then I said, please, if you can find and Google out and find a, you know, something like where the word of God is, where the light is, and where the altar or the font is, then she, she, she answered me. I couldn't find, but we have this. Oh, exactly. Exactly. This is what I wanted. Instead of having a PowerPoint, which we don't know, let's see the power of God. Paradise is where we come and receive this baptism. Where the word of God is proclaimed, day and night, and where we receive the body and blood, the feast, the body and blood from this table, very seldom. We are in paradise. And we are prisoners of hope until he comes. Our hope is Jesus. Let's be his prisoners instead of being prisoners of the world. Let's fond him. Let's, let's come close to him, forgetting other things. Because he will provide us. The provision is in his hand. We will not be excited. But our excitement is that we are prisoners of this hope in Jesus Christ. Let this Christmas be about this paradise which is in us and which we are part of it. May the peace of God that transcends all human understanding keep you and strengthen you to stay, live, and walk in this paradise. Amen. Prisoners of hope in Christ Jesus. I love it. I thank you, Pastor Johannes. Uh, our service